Let us go to God in prayer. Almighty Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of having this word in our own language and in so many other languages. Thank you for the ability to preach tonight, Lord, so that we can all learn, me included. Lord, I pray that your name be glorified tonight. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so during my preparation for this sermon, I realized how fortunate I am of having the opportunity of preparing a sermon every six to eight weeks. You might think, uh, what's wrong? It is. In my work and the way that I'm programmed, I need I need a date. I need something to build on or to build towards. I need a challenge. I need something that drives me. And without this, without having to prepare for sermons, it's easy to cool down. It's easy not to focus that deeply in God's Word and really seek His face and the Holy Spirit's guidance. It's easy to you know, get carried away with the things of work. <clears throat> so like all of you know, um, or most of you know, um, I have a full-time occupation working with lots of people in a big company. Lots of tasks starting early in the morning till late at night. Constantly um, facing Challenges with systems that doesn't work, um, designs that needs to go out the door, project managers constantly complaining about the systems that doesn't work, the projects that's running late, deliverables not going out the door. Those type of things constantly in your mind every day, at, at least in mine. So that's my focus every day. So starting off with prayer time or prayer time and quiet time early in the morning. Sometimes difficult to shut down these things because this, the issues of yesterday gets carried over to today and sometimes they're in your, in your thoughts as well. And you've got to pray, ask God to guide us. I do at least because there's no way that I can do the work that I do without His guidance, His strength and His, his wisdom. Okay, I cannot depend on myself because... It is way bigger than I am. And I, I've learned a long time ago, I can't do it. I can try and I can always jump in sideways and think that I can do it sometimes. And it's always a mess. <clears throat> so I think I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of wisdom here. It comes with a greyness, you know, on the loss of it. So, uh, yes, so it's a privilege. It's a privilege of preparing for a sermon. It's a privilege to stand here and to, to teach other people. Maybe there's, there's people that sits there that can definitely teach me a lot of things. But with God, God opened here and His Word, His Word is always new. doesn't matter how, how many times we've read the Bible, it's always new. There's always something new. And it's exciting. 
So with that, this in mind, I want to I wanna put it out there to, to those of you that doesn't have this privilege, that doesn't lead a Bible study, study or doesn't prepare for sermons. I want to put it out there and say, challenge yourself. Speak to your family. Fathers, where are you? Put up your hands. Speak to your family. Tell them, next week Wednesday, I'm going to do a Bible study, study with you. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to prepare for this. And you are going to check me according to the word. That way around, you challenge yourself. And you keep yourself sharp in the word of God. Because we need to be sharp in the word of God. We need to know the voice. We've just read it in the scripture reading. His sheep knows his voice. Okay? Do we all know God's voice? Do we know what it... Have we experienced it? We need to. If you haven't, then you've got a, you've got a problem. You've got a challenge here. You need to do it. <clears throat> and this will also keep you excited about God's Word. Because every time we learn something new, it's exciting. It's, it's great to experience God in a different way. Now tonight, we're going to read and learn a little bit <clears throat> more about the Good Shepherd. And I think David was more or less qualified to talk about this. He was a shepherd boy who looked after sheep. He saw them daily. He experienced saving them. He went after the sheep that went astray, collected them, brought them back. <clears throat> and he experienced God later on in life through what he experienced, through the life, through the kingship, and everything else that happened in his life, all the bad things, all the good things, he learned about God. And I think he knew a little bit more about God than I do. <clears throat> I'm really, the more I read about it, the more I'm confident in that. So, let's quickly <clears throat> do a test. Maybe repeat after me, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, now say it like you believe it and you mean it. You see what I'm saying? It's easy to read it in the Bible. The Lord's my shepherd. Okay? But if you say the Lord is my shepherd, without any doubt, I know it. I've experienced it. I've lived it. Something different. Something different. And the world out there will also see it as something different. <clears throat> Let's read Psalm 23. <clears throat> Psalm, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod 
and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. <clears throat> Surely in goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I want to have a look at <coughs> Lord. First of all, Lord, what does it mean? Maybe what's the attributes of God? If you can name a few, what are the attributes of God? There's a lot, but I'm just going to walk four, look at 15 of them. And I'll then jump to it now. He's giving away the answers here. So, Owen, I'm going to ask you afterwards. <coughs> okay, so, anyone? You've seen it? Yes? Yes? Okay, so let's not waste time. Let's go to that. Because this is exciting. This, this is exciting. This is great. Infinite. Immutable. Self-sufficient. Omnipotent. <coughs> Omnipotent. Ah, sorry. My, my voice is not working with me tonight. Omniscient. Omnipresent. Wise. Faithful. Good. Just. Merciful. Gracious. Loving. Holy. Glorious. <coughs> this is 15 of them. So let's look at them. Infinite. Now there's, there's some English tongues here that will definitely know the meanings a lot better than some of us. So just for, for that, I'm going to explain. What is infinite? Infinite is self-existing, without origin, endless, inexhaustible. <coughs> so without end. And if we look at Psalm 147, verse 5. Excuse me. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. We cannot measure that. It's beyond it. There's nothing that can contain him. Impossible. God is immutable. He never changes. Not capable of change. Okay? So he's always going to be consistent. He's always going to be the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. That's what it is. That's the word. Let's look at uh, Malachi 3 verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. He is dependable. Our trust is in him, therefore a confident trust. Okay, God is self-sufficient. Okay, a lot of us 
wants to be self-sufficient, especially for, from ESCOM. <clears throat> okay, we don't want to be dependable on them because they're not dependable. Thank you, Alvin. Okay, so he's self-sufficient, meaning that he has no needs. He is everything. He has no needs. So John 5, 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. So he is life. God is life. God is Omnipotent. Big word. Okay? I have to think about this. This Burki couldn't understand this word. Okay, it's almighty. And how do you describe how do you describe this further? Almighty. It's still a little bit too big for my brain. Almighty. Thought about it a little bit, looked up. Unlimited in authority. Unlimited in influence. No limits in that. Meaning that God has the authority to change circumstances. He has the authority above everything that exists. No one tells him what to do. He is the author of the book. He created everything. He's the creator. He's got influence. Unlimited influence. Put that in perspective. Did your boss give you the last increase? Because you did well. That you performed well. Or was it God that influenced him, gave you favor in his eyes, and then he gave you the promotion? Okay? It's practical. That's, that's real life. God influences the world. That's why they make decisions. And especially when it comes to his sheep. When it comes to his sheep, God is in control. All these attributes comes into play. Okay? Think about that. So I'm going to read Job 11, verse 7 to 10. Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than the heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes through and, and imprisons and summons the court, who can turn him back? No one. If God made up his mind, who's going to change his mind? God is omniscient. Omniscient. Once again, big word. He is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. So he has infinite awareness of everything. Understanding and insight. Unlimited. 
infinite. So he knows everything. Everything. There's nothing that... Who can teach God anything? No one. Doesn't exist. Okay, as Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. God is omnipresent. He's always everywhere. Present in all places at all times. Even where you think, no one sees this. I'm just going to do this quickly. God is there. He's always everywhere. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. He knows everything. He's got all the wisdom. Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. God is faithful. Uh, I battled a little bit with this one. Because faithful... What's the understanding? What's my understanding of faith? What does it really mean? So the best words I could get for this was unchanging, true, steadfast in affection or allegiance. Right? So he's steadfast. He's unchanging, true. In affection and allegiance. This is big. God is good. We often hear this. God is good. God is good. Okay? He's infinitely unchanging, kind, and full of goodwill. Think about it. Psalm 34, verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. 
God is just. God is infinitely, exactly, precisely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. Everything that God did or does is perfect. There's no flaws. There's no mistakes. Nothing. He's 100% perfect in what he does. God is merciful. He's unchangeably compassion and kind. Romans 9, 15. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Verse 16, so then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Think about it. Think about his life. Think about Jesus' life on, on earth. Even on the cross. Gracious. Psalm 145 verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God is loving. He loves us. Infinitely, unchangeably. Doesn't matter what we do. He didn't love us when we became Christians. He always loved us, unconditionally, the same. I don't think, no, I know, we're not capable of this. It's impossible for us. But God is. Only when God does the work in our lives that that love is now in us, and then we can love the world like God loved the world. First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. He is holy. He's infinitely, unchangingly perfect. He's divine. Revelations 4, verse 8. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never ceased to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They proclaim it. God is glorious. He's beautiful and great. Big English word, sublime. 
Habakkuk 3, verse 4. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand. And there he veiled his power. Now, there's two objects that we read about here. Two things that we read. We read about the shepherd and God. And we read about the sheep. Okay, so let's just venture a very short while on the sheep. Now, I read many articles about the sheep, Christian articles as well, and they all come to the same conclusion, more or less, but I'm going to take this one from farmingbase.com. I thought I'll just go external and have a different view. Shepherding sheep can often be a tedious, hectic job. It requires one to be ever watchful, and vigilant. Sheep cannot be, cannot live without the shepherd. They are entirely dependent on the shepherd for everything. They require constant care and watching over. So leaving them unattended can put them at risk and greatly endanger their lives. And this happened. So in 19, 2005, see the nature of sheep is they follow each other. They follow someone or another sheep. And often they lead astray, they go astray, and then a couple of sheep will follow them. And they have no sense of danger. If they go to a cliff, if the front one jumps, the rest is going to follow. This happened in Tur- Turkey in 2005, where it actually made the news headlines. A couple of shepherds came together with all their sheep. It was about 1,500 sheep. They gathered, and these shepherds, were sitting, having a nice time, talking to each other, meeting. And no one attended to the sheep. So one of these clever sheep decided he's going to go for a walk. So he went. And off the cliff he went. And more than 400 sheep followed him, following themselves to death, before the shepherds could actually stop this. That's the nature of sheep. That's how they program. We can say we can see it in daily life. Okay? We see it. People go in groups in different ways and never stand together. And there's always this conflict. There's always this thing. Constant, they need constant care. Okay? And that's so typical when we look at ourselves. But the nice thing is, we look there. Just put that up again, please. This is the shepherd looking after the sheep. All right? He never slumbers, he never sleeps. He's everywhere, always. 
He's all-knowing. He's got all the wisdom. All present. All wise. Right? Looking after the sheep. Are they in danger? This shepherd's sheep, are they in danger? They can't be, because he's always there. He never sleeps, he never wanders off, never lets them alone. This is the shepherd that's looking after us. If we're born again, if we're part of his flock, that's who's looking after us. Put in Psalm 23 in a different perspective now. The moment I read it like this, I realized the Lord, who has all these attributes and many more, is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's the provider, He's the creator of everything. Who better can look after me? Than him. Come on. Nothing exists in this world or any other place that is better equipped to look after me as a sheep than God. I shall not want. There's no doubt in my mind. It cannot be a doubt if you look at that. If you believe that this God is your God, he's your shepherd, you cannot doubt that you will not want. I have everything I need because the shepherd knows what I need. He knows every person. He created us all. He knows what we want, what we need. He will provide in every need that we have. The condition is we must be part of his flock, part of his herd. If we're not, this is not true. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This makes, now all of a sudden, stood out. He makes me. I don't go there because I know where is the green pastures. And I'm going to lie there. And I'm going to spend time there. No. He makes me. Because he knows where is the best place for me. So I surrender. I follow him. If I follow him, he will make me lie down here. He will feed me. The grass. The pastures is full of nourishment. That I need to grow. It's the coolness. It's everything that I need. At the right time of the day right time of my life so that I can just be there. He leads me beside still waters. Yes, I need water to drink. But there's something else. So what is the green pastures? The Word. So if we, children of God, if you're born again, the Spirit dwells within us. Breaking open the word, the green pastures, so that we can get the nutritions we need out of the word to build us spiritually, so we can grow. 
How great is that? God makes us lie down. Okay? If we wander off, he's going to fetch us. He's going to bring us back. He's going to make us lie down. He restores my soul while I'm there. Who in this world can restore your soul? If you're sick, you can go to a doctor, specialist, maybe. Who can restore your soul? No one but God. Only God can restore your soul through his word, through his spirit. He lifts us up. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. So this part, as I was searching, I came upon what Charles Spurgeon said. And there's no better words to say it in. So I'm going to quote him. When the soul grows sorrowful, God revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. When it's weak, he strengthens it. When it wanders, he brings it back. God blesses not simply to impart happiness, but to fit the soul for holier service and more extensive usefulness. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Life is not a fault for the sheep to lie down in, but a road for them to walk on. We get blessings not to let them pass away like waste steam puffed into empty air, but that we may use them to drive the wheels of life. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, we all have family members that passed away. We all, some of us, faced the reality almost. But yet, I've caught myself looking, a little bit scared and thinking about everything, thinking about, oh, what's going to happen if I'm not here? Who's going to look after this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to provide? Who's going to... And for that moment, I was looking at the world again. I was looking at what everyone says. Where's God? Where's my focus? And God showed me this again in, my word, in His Word. And I've already mentioned it previously, and I've said it. But so easy. It is so easy to take your eyes off. Just like the sheep looking sideways, looking and then wandering off again. Okay? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now sheep are very defenseless animals. When sheep is attacked by predators, they cannot defend themselves. Even in, in huge numbers, they stand no chance. They depend on the shepherd. 
trusting. Death is not a place. Death is not a place. It's a door. It's a door to eternal life with God or eternal death without God. Okay? That's what we should be scared about. Death is a moment. It's a door. We step through it. You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The shepherd, the good shepherd, prepares the table while the enemies are looking with no rush, no sense of haste, no secrecy. He doesn't do it here behind closed doors. Whenever Jesus did a miracle, performed a miracle on earth, he never hid away. He always did it in public. And when God prepares a meal for us, he prepares it in the presence of the enemies and allows his followers to sit down to the feast he prepared, enjoying his goodness and love without fearing the dangers at hand. That's how God does it. Why? Because he can. He's not scared of anything. He doesn't have to be scared of anything. He's almighty. He's God. Can you see how quickly our vision of God goes small again? Diminishes. Because our understanding of God is not real. It's not there. We don't have all the experiences with Him. We have limited experiences. Because in many ways, we want to depend on ourselves. We say, God, I'll do this. I don't want you to do this one because I think I can do it better. But it's experiences with God, trusting God, allowing God to do the things in our lives that gives us this better understanding of God. God is a gentleman. He will stand away and let you try knowing the result already. Because God knows everything, as we said. Now, verse 6, after reading Psalm 23 like this, with understanding, a better understanding, I can understand. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's no doubt that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And that I will dwell in the Lord now and after death. Why? Because he is my shepherd. Who's going to steal me? Who, which animal wild animal is going to take me from his flock. No one. Who can take you if God is in control? No one. 
So why are we scared? Why are we scared? Why are we looking around at the things in the world that's happening at the moment? Keep our focus on God. I want to conclude with a story. A terminal ill person, and this is a story that I read, but it made a big impact. Put stuff into perspective once again. This person visited the doctor who had to give him the very bad news that he was on his last. He asked the doctor what it was like on the other side. So the doctor, knowing that his dog was on the other side of the outside door, went to the door. As he approached the door, his dog heard him approaching the door and he was already scratching on the door. Excited. So when the doctor opened the door, the dog leaped inside immediately right in front of him. Happy as can be because his master is there. Okay? So the doctor said to the patient, I don't know exactly what is on the other side but I know who is on the other side. And I'm really excited to meet him one day. And that's where we should be. Now the question is, are you excited? Are you really excited to meet God? To be on the other side? Or do you rather want to stay here a little bit longer because there's many things, positions that you've acquired, things that keeps you back, things that you need to deal with, you want to deal with first. Or do you love the world more than what you love God? This is a simple test. This is a simple test. And some of us might argue that we're young and we, we still got so much to live for. Really? No. There's much more on the other side with God. Serving Him, loving Him, being in His presence. It's much bigger. Do you belong to His flock yet? Has God called you by the name? Said, I want you to be my child. Why are you not following me yet? Why haven't you given your whole life to me yet? Why haven't you trusted me to be your shepherd yet? If God has spoken to you, don't delay. Don't wait. Why wait? This God, this is the God who's asking. This is the God who's asking. Can anything compete against this? Is there anything? No, it's not. So why delay? If God has spoken to you, don't delay anymore. Come to him. He's waiting. Make peace. Submit. So that he can forgive your sins. And my girl, let's pray.
Almighty Father God, thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you so much that we can learn every day more and more and be excited about your word, but also be excited about meeting you. Lord, this world with everything in it wants to hold on to us. Lord, and we pray that you will help us to focus on you. Lord, to follow you unconditionally. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.